Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. This is the podcast where we are strengthening the tile industry. We do this by business education that is designed for tile contractors by tile contractors. This education is helping the industry. It's helping each contractor to build a sustainable, profitable business. And the result in this is a stronger, unified industry from the installer up. So we've got another great interview for you today. We've got Fred Houston. And Fred, uh, this is his second time on the podcast. If you haven't heard the first one, I do encourage you to go back. November 27th of 2019 was the first time he uh, he appeared. And, and we went into his history. He has a rich history in the tile and stone industries, uh, as well as countertops. And he's 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 built a, a great business in Florida. And also he's a forensics. He, he does uh, forensics uh, diagnosing the problem. And he teaches also classes on, on how to do that. So he's a good guy to know. And he's a wealth of knowledge. And I'm super excited he's back on the show. Before I bring him up, I, I would like to thank our, our sponsors. We have uh, several sponsors of the Tile Money podcast. We have the NTCA, the National Tile Contractors Association. That can be your vo- most valuable resource as a tile contractor. Since 1947, they are the voice of the tile contractor. And they have um, competent staff staff with a proven track record of success in all areas of the tile industry. Uh, and join the NTCA today. You can visit them at tile-assn.com to find out more about what the NTCA can do for you and your business. I'd like to thank Latercrete International. Latercrete International is a, a great family company. They are a, a privately owned company. Uh, they invented Thinset right here in the United States. How cool is that? Uh, they've got a great lineup of products and they're continuing to innovate like their latest Spectralock 1 grout, which is a no-mix grout. It's uh, similar to uh, epoxy properties when it's when it's um, dried. So that is very innovative. Check out Latacrete if you haven't used their products. I'd like to thank GoBoard. GoBoard is a lightweight waterproof tile backer board from John's Mansville Company. It's easy to cut with a utility knife. You can handle it very easily, install a shower, build a complete shower assembly with GoBoard products. What GoBoard does is is save you a lot of time, uh, you know, when you compare it to some of the older traditional uh, boards and and time is money. And that is is a valuable thing, right, friends? And then happytileguy.com. That is where tile contractors like yourself can get websites built that were uh, designed for tile contractors by a tile contractor. So thanks to all of our sponsors for allowing this show to go on and, and together we're helping a lot of a lot of people. So all right, without further ado, let me bring on my my guest, Fred Houston. Hi Fred, how are you? Hey Luke, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, thank you. Good, great, good. All right, Fred. Well, I'm super happy to have you here. Uh, why don't you tell us what what got you interested in this out of the box thinking, and you know what have you done over the years? How did you get started uh, by becoming the expert in your field? Okay, well, there's a bunch of questions in there. We'll take one. I know, at, I'm one sorry, at, that's okay. Hey, that's all right. We'll, we'll take one at a time. I'm used to it. Uh, I, I guess you know the the way I, I I'm thinking out of the box. I think has to do with one thing, and well, actually, 
is two words, but one thing, and that was lack of money. <laughs> you know, not not having the money to, you know, back when I got started, we had this thing called for you young guys out there, you might not remember or, or know what yellow pages are, <laughs> but they were very expensive to advertise in, several thousand dollars a month. And of course, when you're just starting out, you don't have that kind of money. So uh, I was trying to think of ways that I could think, you know, what are the cheap ways? What are the inexpensive ways? What are the free ways to, to get my name out there? Now, of course, when I started, I was a contractor, not uh, obviously not a contractor today, strictly a consultant and a, and a trainer. Uh, but, you know, there, there are several things that I discovered. and. Um, what, I don't know if I want to get into this right now, but what, what was the other part of your question? <laughs> well, I, li I like that answer. You, you started looking at it to save money and the yellow pages. It's funny. And, and like yellow pages are still expensive. And, and it's just, you know, that's, it's so interesting to compare the value of right. something like that. Um, and then I guess, so my other question was, so that's kind of why you started thinking about, well, what, what types of ways can I, you know, maximize my time and creatively market, right? Exactly. And, uh, and I kind of discovered it out of necessity, of course, but also uh, by accident. Mm. Uh, my first uh, article that I wrote back in 1989, I was at a trade show. And I believe it was, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember when the first Stone Expo was. It was probably the first or second, or the beginning of the Stone Expo show when we had 40 people displaying. And now, of course, you see what we have. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I had, uh, I was talking to a group of people and just other contractors like, like ourselves. And we were talking and I was getting into a particular topic on the science of marble polishing and how, you know, marble reacted to polishing powers or whatever. And I started getting a bigger and bigger group. And all of a sudden I feel this tap on my shoulder and it's this lady and, you know, she's probably dead today because she was quite old back then, but her name was Dorothy Kinder and she was the editor of the of Building Stone magazine. And she said, you know, I've been listening to what you've been talking about. Would you mind writing an article? So I wrote this very controversial article that people that know me know what that article is. It was called Recrystallization and it had a picture of a red bomb on it. And it, it was very, it is still to this day, what, 30 some odd years later. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I wrote this article for, for that magazine and it was like, I was getting calls that I never got calls for before. And what was interesting at the time, I, I kind of fell into the, because I was contracting at the time, I kind of fell into the, the, the same mindset that a lot of contractors had at the time and still some have today. And that is, I don't want to give up my secrets. You know, uh, I've learned these from my dad. I've learned them growing up in the industry. I've learned them on my own through the school of hard knocks. I'm not telling anybody about how to do this. Well, obviously the world has changed. Yeah. And we did people like you and me and others that that share this information which is great but i i was stuck in that in that mindset and then i got a call from a, another organization they said fred we want you to come in and do a a seminar mm -hmm. like oh no way i i don't want to do a seminar some, I'm getting to your question, by the way, answer to your question. I don't want to do a seminar. I, you know, why should I give this all away? Well, I went kicking and screaming and ended up doing it anyway. And I discovered one thing. I discovered the more I gave away, the more I got back, which yeah. was kind of interesting. interesting. But here's, here's where it came into play for more work is I would get calls from contractors out of state. I'd get a call from a guy, say, at New York. Hey, Fred, I've got this uh, 500 square. Uh, room hotel. I need some work done. It's too big for me. Do you want the job? 
So, and, and this was occurring on a regular basis. I was literally getting more and more work from people that I would give out my so-called knowledge or, or at the time we considered them secrets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it was interesting. So that was one way uh, that I ended up marketing my business was just, you know, becoming known through publications. Now, obviously everybody doesn't have that, that, that ability or talent or, to write, but uh, there are ways around that as well. We can get into in a minute if you'd like. Sure. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's break this down a little bit. In, in 89, you, you, you met Dorothy, you were at an event, first of all, and you were just in a discussion um, and she invited you to write this article. I, and, and you, did you choose the topic, Fred? Well, that's what the that's what I was discussing was that particular was topic. That, okay, that particular topic. So she said I would love for you to right. write an article on that particular topic. So that's how that came about. Okay. This, now this is a good point because you just didn't write any old article. You wrote no. something that was very engaging. I mean, she saw yes. firsthand and you saw firsthand that this was a, attracting a crowd, and it was interesting. I liked the word you chose: controversial subject. Yep. And now. When it comes to controversy, many of us shy away, you know, especially, right. you know, we're, we're recording this here in November of 2020 or October, excuse me, of 2020 here. <laughs> we're, we tend to shy away from controversy. Now, why did you lean into it here? Do you have or, or looking back, you know, what advantage did that give you? Uh, well, I, I think at the time and well, actually at the at any time, I, I am still very passionate about this. You know, I, I'm really concerned was concerned at the time and and today too of you know making sure everybody's doing everything the way it should be done by the science you know there are a lot of products out there in the market and there still are today that claim to do things that they don't do i mean we all know what they are we're not going to mention i'm not going to mention any any names or they're good thin sets or bad thin sets there's good sealers there's bad sealers and this particular process that i wrote on was was very controversial in that in my opinion and i the science actually proved it uh it was detrimental to, to, to calcium-based materials like marble and limestone. Mm. And the people that were selling the process did not like that because I was basically, you know, telling them their product was ruining the stone. Interesting. And, uh, and so you could see why that would become very controversial. But I thought the need, to answer your question directly, I thought the need was there to let people know what the truth was. Because up until that point, there was, no, there was no explanation. There was no science. You know, how does this work? Mm. You know, I want to see the chemistry. I want to see, you know, how are you claiming this works? And the only thing we would get was just total BS answers. Mm. You know, we, we wouldn't get the truth. So I dug in, set up some experiments and it showed the science. I, you know, and I, I showed chemical formulas. It was it was not that detailed. I mean, I made it very simple so, you know, anybody could understand it. But uh, it, it's kind of like, wow, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, and uh, at the time they tried everything to try to discredit me and they, they, they couldn't. And to this day, it's very hard to go against this, the research that I did on that yeah. particular topic. What, did anything bad come about for you? By um, I mean... No one threatens my death. <laughs> it didn't get quite that far. Uh, I'm not that popular. <laughs> did anything good? Did anything good come from it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Everything good. I, yeah. I would say, you know, it's the old adage, and I'm sure people have heard this before, that sometimes bad marketing is good marketing. Right. And and and, this, and not that this was a bad marketing. It was bad marketing. It was very controversial. Yeah. So, you know, the, the the more these these companies, and there was only a few that tried to attack me, the more popular I have. And to this day, what, 1989, how many years ago? Is that 30 some years ago? Mm. People are still carrying that article around in their binder to show their customers. Wow. That's this particular process. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It is interesting. And, and what I like about it is you, you did the research, you put your time in, you, you felt passionate about this. You, you felt that you were in the right and you still feel that way. You said, yep. you know, nobody's proven you wrong. If science did prove you wrong, you would accept that, you know, being a, exactly. a science background. All that aside, when when we the reason I'm kind of you know it, it's an interesting subject for me for one for for um, personal motives because I do have trouble being controversial. I do have trouble kind of taking a stand. We live in this day and age where it's it's almost you know a, a bad thing to stand yep. for what you believe in, and right. and the reason. So I'm just harping on this a little bit for selfish mm-hmm. reasons, but I do want to express to the audience like. There's nothing wrong with taking a stand for what you believe no. in. As long as you know that, you know, you've done the research, you've put your time in, you know the argument and you're going to you're going to stand by that. You know, I that can be very powerful. Like like um uh, Fred is saying here, this this, you know, got him a lot of work, got him a lot of conversations had and this was just the, you know, almost like the beginning, you know, um 30 years ago. Absolutely. And I agree with you 100%. If, if I'm ever proven wrong, and I have been proven wrong in several cases, I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's the scientist in me, you yeah. know, so, you know, let, let's see the let's see the data, let's see the proof. And if it's not there, it's just a theory, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not proven. So, yeah. So where did it where did it go from there? Then then what did that lead to? You said it led to a couple speaking engagements. Yeah, it led to a couple of speaking engagements. It led it led me to go on the on the road to do a series of seminars, mm-hmm. uh, which you know, as I explained a minute ago, got me got me more and more work. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as as it progressed, I became more and more. Uh, What's the word popular, more needed? I was asked to do more articles. Uh, then I started writing for Stone World Magazine, uh, Slippery Rock Gazette, I'm sure everybody's familiar with, or, or yeah. that I, I, write, I still write for them to this day. I do the Stone Detective article in, in that, that uh, journal. Uh, I've published in this old house magazine, you know, which is kind of an interesting story. That was the first paid professional uh, writing gig I ever, ever got. Uh, but uh, I did two articles, two articles for them. And uh, it just, you know, one thing led to another. And, and during all this time, I'm still running my business. I'm still, we're still restoring stone. We're still fabricating. We're still installing tile. Yeah. I had, I had crews working out at, I can't say the name, but uh, it's a theme park in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> so we were doing we were doing a lot of work for them, yeah. And and, uh, and it was getting. I, I mean, I, I'm sure guys out there in the business, any business, not just our business, but especially the construction trades, ran into some of the issues I ran into, and that was uh, the employee issues. Mm-hmm. You know, hiring hiring the right employees. So I more and more got involved to 
to start looking at projects, start looking at failures. Uh, one thing led to another. I uh, got into consulting, uh, got into expert witness. And I think I told that story in my first uh, first interview with you. You can go back and listen to. Um, and then uh, it led into a training center. I, I ended up starting a training center uh, called the National Training Center for Stone and Masonry Trades. It's now defunct. It actually went out of business back when we had the recession. Uh, but, uh, we were, we were doing seminars on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, we almost developed it into a trade school, mm -hmm. uh, but then the economy crashed and that kind of went, went besides, but it was actually a good thing. And, you know, like, like anything in, in, in people's lives, sometimes the bad things turn into good things or blessings yeah. and you don't, don't know about it. And, uh, it led me into consulting and private training, uh, on a, on a one-on-one -on -one basis and, Finally, after all these years, I've gotten to the point where that's what I do for a living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I make a living doing it. It's it's so interesting to to look at it with, with hindsight. Um, during that time, though, wasn't that really difficult when you were running a crew? You know, um, doing a lot of work, and then also being asked to write articles, and also you know doing some some traveling. Um, some speaking engagements. What what was it in the back of your mind? Because you you know most of this was not paid for correctly. Most of this came out of your time. It, yes, in the very beginning, it was it was not paid for, and and that I mean it, it, I know that's a topic you covered just recently too, and that's you know getting paid what you're worth. Yeah, you know it took me a long time to realize that you know this knowledge just didn't drop out of the air, and I got it. It took years of you know. Yeah working in the field, educating to combine those two. And it took me a long time to realize, to, to realize that. So it was, it was taxing on my time. I mean, it, there, there were, there were 20 hour days at times. Yeah. When you were working, was there like little aha moments? Like how did you interweave everything, um, you know, that you were doing, um, after hours or, you know, donating your time, donating your energy. How did you interweave that with the actual business? Um, well, it, it was difficult at first because obviously I was out there getting work, so I couldn't consult or be an expert on a right. job that I, would, I was actually doing. Yeah. I mean, that's con what we call a conflict of interest. And uh, that, that didn't work. But then I started getting calls out of state uh, further away, you know, I, I was based in Orlando Winter Park at the time, and I was giving calls in Miami. I still do get calls for South Florida, mm -hmm. Naples, et cetera. So those are ones I could actually go to. And then I, I, I don't know if there's only one instance, but that there may have been several where someone was willing to pay me to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, I can get paid for this. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is nice. Uh, how much do you want to pay me? And right. some of the, some of the, the figures were thrown at me were, more than I would have asked for, mm. you know? So I says, you know that, I wonder if there's a business in doing this. Yeah. You know, I wonder if there, there's a way. And, and that's something, you know, I found my niche and I encourage contractors out to do the same thing. Even if it's not doing what I'm doing, find your niche. You know, what are you good at that your competition is not good at? You know, people used to say, who's your competition? And, you know, back in the day when I was contracting, I said, I don't have any competition because no one does it like I do or no one specializes in, in what I do. Mm. So, yeah. you know, that's the mindset. You know, if you think you have competition, you're going to do stupid things like lower your prices. And, uh, you know, it's uh, did I tell the story about how I got into the big theme parks? Uh, talk yeah. about market. I did. Okay. You did. did yeah. That? Like, okay. Yeah. No, that was a good story. You know, so, so, I mean, that, that's one of the things, you know, you look at, you know, you, you, constantly looking for those 
at, you know, going back to your out of the box question, you know, out of the box things, um, which leads me to this story, if you don't mind. And that, sure. that's a tip, a tip I want to give everyone on how to get leads, mm-hmm. how to get leads that'll cost you. Well, at the time, I think it cost me a quarter today. It's going to cost you a whopping 55 cents. And that's, that, that's what a postage stamp is today, isn't it? Yeah. I don't even know. I think it's 55 I, cents. I think it's 45. I don't <laughs> is it 45? I don't know. What, what, whatever it is, it's under a dollar. At least yeah. it is now. Um, but anyway, I, I was watching a, um, this is really funny. I was watching old reruns of the tonight show with Johnny Carson. Yeah. And he had a guest on his show by the name, I think his name was Paul Hartunian and I could have the wrong, the, the name wrong, but anyway, and he was, he came on the show because he was the guy from New Jersey, which is where I'm originally from, by the way, that sold the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, yeah? Sold the Brooklyn Bridge. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He can't sell the Brooklyn Bridge. He's a private citizen. That's, you know, a, yeah. a city owned. So he, th- this is the idea I got from that story and how you guys can use the same thing. And we'll get into that in a second. Um, what he did is he was, he was out of work. Uh, was looking for work. He's watching TV one night. So he's sitting on the easy chair and eating his Cheetos and he's watching the news and they have this guy on the news they're interviewing and he's replacing all the wood planking on the Brooklyn bridge. And of course they're interviewing the contractor that's doing this. And in the back is the guy's van with his phone number, whatever the guy's name was and his phone number. So he's sitting there and he got the idea. He calls this guy up after the interview. And he says, what are you doing with all that wood? Yeah. And he says, we're throwing it in the dump. He says, I'll give you $500. I'm going to send a truck. I'll come pick it up. Guy says, fine, take all you want. We're throwing it away. So he goes home and he cuts them into little one inch squares and puts them on North authenticity type certificate and sells them for like 1295 made million made millions of dollars. Yeah. So, so how do you, I'm not suggesting you go out and, you know, take a piece of the Washington monument and sell that stone on there or anything like that. But here's what, here's what he did, which is a trick that I learned is he got the word out with free press releases. He would send press releases out. He would send them to local newspapers and a local newspaper would publish the article. And of course he would get orders from that. So I got the idea. What if I wrote a press release offering something free to potential customers? For example, if I'm a tile setter and I redo uh, kitchens, for example, I might put together a little brochure, a little article that says something or, or you can even find articles, by the way, which is another tip, which are called copyright free. You can actually republish them with your name on them. It's a mm-hmm. whole nother topic. I don't do that, by the way. <laughs> but uh, um, but you could write an article and call it something or, or brochure and call it uh, what to look for in, in your kitchen redo or your kitchen renovation. Mm-hmm. Of course, part of that would be a tile floor, the types of tile, uh, you know, how to choose an installer. Maybe it might be another good topic. So what I did is I put together a brochure like that. I sent it to my local newspaper. Nothing. I waited a month or two. I sent it to my local newspaper again. Nothing. The third time I sent it, they published it on the, the Sunday home section. Mm-hmm. My phone and mailbox was flooded with requests for that brochure. Yeah. Because it's free, yeah. right? Yeah. So what what does that give you? That gives you the names of potential clients yep. that might need tile floors, kitchen countertops, marble polishing, you know, whatever yeah. whatever your field is. And so 
That's one way what you basically need to do is put a press release together. And there are all kinds of, go to Google and type in how to write a press release and you'll have templates there. So right. you don't know how, to, you don't need to know how to do it. You can, you can go to Google and it'll do yeah. it for you basically. And uh, send it to your local home section and in, in a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And if they don't publish the first time, do it again, wait a month, do it again, do it again. Eventually it'll get published. Yeah. And when it does, you're, you well, here's a, a very important process. When you send a press release out, send out the brochure. Do not send anything else. Don't send your company brochure. Don't send services. Don't send whatever business propaganda you have. You don't send it to the newspaper because they're looking for factual information. So it's very, very important when you send that brochure, you're, you're not promoting yourself other than your name at the bottom of the brochure. Okay. So it's gotta be a, a useful, informative, uh, pamphlet, if you will. When the customer replies to that to newsletter and wants that free brochure, then you can send everything. Right. That's yeah, who yeah, you that, want. Yeah. That's who you want to target. And you won't believe the amount of leads that you will get. And what did it cost you? Cost you a stamp. Yeah. Yeah, just just a stamp. So that's one trick uh that that I use even today. Uh I wrote an article recently for a magazine called Claims Magazine, which is where insurance claims adjusters going. Every time there's a there's a, a hurricane somewhere, obviously there's water, I send out this article and it gets published every once in a while. When I do, mm-hmm. I get calls from claims adjusters constantly. What's it what's it cost me? My time. Right. Yeah. You know, that that that's it. So yeah. I didn't have to spend any money on and to this day, I don't, I don't, I don't spend money on advertising. It's all either traded for articles uh, or, you know, or situations like that. Yeah. Uh, there, are, there are other ways. Uh, another way, and that is if you like to talk to people, is to go to a, a homeowner, home builders association meeting and, and present a topic similar to the ones I just described. Yeah. Um, if you're doing commercial work or really good organization to give talks to, and what I mean talks is I don't mean hour-long seminars, 10, 15-minute presentation is BOMA. Building Owners Management Association. I've gotten tons of work from BOMA back when I was contracting. You you, you know, you go into a city, let's say Orlando, and uh, you join that particular uh, organization. That's where all the building managers go. Once a month, they have a luncheon. You sponsor that luncheon. I don't know what it costs today. Back in the day, it was $200, $250 for, for a luncheon. You go up there, you give a 10 or 15-minute presentation. The next day, I'm getting telephone calls from property managers wanting work done. Mm-hmm. And what did it cost me? It cost me my time and 10-minute presentation of whatever the topic may be. So there are all kinds of ways to market. And of course, today, as it was in the old days, word of mouth, obviously, you know, is the best. And and this is something I fail to do to this day. I don't totally fail at it, but I I keep forgetting is, how did you hear about me? Right. Ask (laughs) You know, how how did you hear about me? Um, my wife is constantly reminded, did you ask how they heard about you? Oh, shoot. No, I forgot. <laughs> you know, but then you've got obviously social media, you know, is this a lot of people go to social media now yeah. to find contractors. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very true. Yeah. And I, I would like to talk about, you know, mixing both the older style, uh, you know, marketing that we're, we've talked about as well as the social media. Um, before I forget, uh, with, with these different articles you write, um, 
and even the press releases. Uh, and, and I would encourage everybody to think about this. Think about doing something like this. It doesn't have to be exactly this, but you, you know, you can get to know your local newspaper, your local, you know, you, you know, the writers, the owners of the newspaper say, what do you guys need? What articles would be useful to right. you? They might give you six articles that they would really like. Now you might be saying, I'm not a writer, Luke. Well, you can find a writer, you can hire yep. a writer, you can do all these different things. There's so many different creative ways that you could actually start writing articles for your local newspaper or a, a lot of little cities will have a local um, home designers type um, magazine, gloss, high glossy magazine or something. They're, yep. you know, all these companies, they're looking for content, you know, for the most part, they're, they're looking for writers, they're looking for people who are authorities on uh, the subject and, and you are an authority on, on the subject of tile. Or, right. or building or remodeling or whatever the case might be, stone, you know. So you you want to maximize these these different resources, out of the box stuff, and, and then um, and, and then how do you interweave this today with some of the social media and internet world, Fred? What are you doing? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I'm doing the podcasts, you know, and that that I I don't. I don't expect or do I get a lot of work from that, but it's just another, you know, way of me helping the industry. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very passionate about this industry, you know, the stone and tile industry from, from, you know, the quarrying right on down to the maintenance of the material. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but a, a lot of it has not changed and a lot of it has, has changed, or I should say has developed social media. We talked about being one. So being on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, all the social media platforms is, is extremely important. Uh, you know, making sure that you have a website. And I, I still see that today with a lot of contractors that do not have a website. I mean, right. websites used, used to be very expensive and they still can be. But I mean, there are ways of doing websites for very little to free. Yeah. And yeah. it's important because it's like when I hire a contractor for something that I need done, I go to Google and I check them out right away. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of like the modern day word of mouth recommendation sort of thing where, you know, you go to your neighbor and say, you know, who fixed your air conditioning? Who yeah. tiled your floor? Yeah. You know, well, Luke tiled my floor three years ago. Look how good it looks. You know, yeah. well, the social media has kind of taken over that a little bit. That That's still good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, the, you know, referrals are, are now going more towards uh, social media. You know, Google, the which is, you know, obviously the number one search engine, is constantly changing their ways that, uh, that uh, things are searched. I happen to have a professional, you know, what do they call them, a SEO. A search engine optimization person. And she mm -hmm. tells me constantly that things are changing. I was having right. a discussion with her last week about keywords. She goes, Google don't pay attention to keywords anymore. It's not as so, important. Yeah. So, you know, either you need to take the time to catch up with all that stuff, right. which I don't have the time to do, or hire someone that does. Exactly. You know, what are you, you going to be hire, an expert in, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What are you going to be an expert in? And, and you know, get it out there. It doesn't, you know, if you've been tiling for more than you know, five or six years, you're an expert. Yeah. You know more than the average bear does. So yeah. in your in your local, you know, area, you can become the expert, the the local expert. How do you do that? We talked about some of the ways besides, you know, social media. There's, you know, uh, speaking engagements, sponsoring. If you want to spend some money in sponsoring a little league or, right. you know, something to that. Uh, uh, one of our fellow podcasters, uh, 
uh, has a, a wrap on his truck, which looks awesome. I don't know if you, who I'm talking about, but his, his, his wrap on his truck is just like a walking billboard. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's it. They know things like that are free. We used to have on our trucks, we'd put a little brochure holder on the back of our truck. When we stopped, put it back there and people would just come by and grab a brochure or grab a business yeah. card. So there's another free. I've free heard way. of this. I've heard of this. Yes. It's something I wanted yep. to do actually. And I yeah. never got around to it. Cause I had a 14 foot trailer. Oftentimes I would leave um, all week if we were you know, right. in a neighborhood where I could leave it all week. And I, I, so many people would slow down and like, look, or take the number. But I, and I heard about this in another podcast. They said, put a glue on a, yeah. a brochure, you know, or yep. even a business card thing and and have this thing that, you know, an arrow that says business cards here, a brochure here, take one. <laughs> Another another freebie is well freebie a couple of bucks is a yard sign. Yeah, you know while right. you're working in that person's home or business, you know tile being installed by Fred. Right. You know with, yeah. with a with a phone number and put your business card brochure on that. Yeah. yeah. You know people. You know it, it's unfortunate, but the psychology of of people today is is and especially now with the pandemic is less and less face to face contact. So things like that where they can go up to and grab things and yeah. you know without having to. To, to see you face to face for whatever, you know, for those, for those reasons, I think it's very important nowadays. So that's how that's changed a little bit. I mean, word of mouth is still good. You know, uh, we still ask for referrals. Yeah. Uh, e- even in my business, when, when it comes to experts, I get calls. I, I had a call before this conversation with you today from attorney. I got your name from another attorney. So that could be, I got your name from Mrs. Jones. We did, you know, she did your tile floor last year or whatever. And, yeah. you know, she recommended you. Yeah. And, and to this to this day, I'll ask relatives and friends if I have, want something I want done around my house that I'm not capable of doing. You know, who did you use? Yeah, you know, and it's usually who you go with. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. usually no no questions asked. Yeah. So, I mean that that's all what we call guerrilla marketing. You know, free marketing. It's not costing you anything. Yeah. So you, you know, you don't need to spend a ton of ton of money to get get your word out. Uh, I'll mention something else before I forget, and that is. When is the best time to do all this? When is the best time to market all this? And it's going to sound like a little weird, but the best time to do that is when you're busy. Mm, yeah. Because there's a lag time. And right. if you wait, if you wait till you're slow, it may be too late. Yeah. So, you know, it should be something you're constantly doing. You know, advertising 101 is, you know, what I always used to say, you know, if you're going to run an ad, which I've rarely ever done, you can't run at one time and expect it to bring results. It's got right. to be done yeah. over and over and over again. Social media is the same. Yeah. You know, if you're running ads on social media, if you're posting on some, you and I both do this. We both post constantly yeah. on our social media because, you know, the, your, your potential client, your potential customer may be on the Internet for five minutes a day on like nerds like us <laughs> right, right. <laughs> on it constantly yeah. uh you know they they may miss that yeah that 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 post so yeah. by doing it constantly without being um how what's the word i'm looking for without being well, overbearing I, yeah yeah i mean what let's talk about social media what are some of the um the good ways to promote yourself on social media. What do you, what do you like, Fred? What do you see that out there in the world? It doesn't even have to be tile or, or stone yeah. related. Do you see uh, good uh, examples uh, and bad uh, examples? Yes. yes. I, well, yeah, obviously it's lots of bad examples, but right. the good example, the good examples are going back to what I said about a brochure, something useful. Mm-hmm. You know, Sal does a great job with his YouTube videos, you know, showing, showing different, different, different things, short little clips. And, and yeah. that's a key too. It should be short. Yeah. You know, not, not very long when you're doing something instructional. Um, you know, uh, I, I see that 
and you know, I, I have an old Jaguar that I'm constantly working on. So I'll go to the I'll go to YouTube constantly saying, "Oh, how do I, mm. you know, how do I find the rear speaker screw or something like that?" You know, and yeah. and so things like that, instructional videos, uh, you know. Uh, retail oriented stuff for you guys doing tile out there, you know, what to look for in a tile installer, you know, just a little, little video clip yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you answer these questions all the time when you're talking to your customers, there's no reason why you can't do that on social media. Yeah. You know, just get on there and say today's top, top tip for uh, selecting a tile contractor and break them out into segments. So right. people not only go back to that first one, but they, they get, you know, I, I think, what is it? TikTok is like that today. You get, you know, one minute up to one minute right. to do something and, yeah, just, you know, sure. stay tuned for, for part two. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a reason they did it that <laughs> right. way. And that, right. that's the reason that people to come back. Yeah. So, uh, and, and make sure you're on all the, all the, uh, social medias out there, yeah. you know, the YouTube, the Instagram, the LinkedIn, the TikTok, uh, uh, whatever, you know, there's a ton of them out there. Yeah. I, I would say get on, get on the ones that you know, you're going to consistently be on, you know, right. Uh, I, I like to keep an eye on some of the other ones, but honestly, if, if you're not going to be really active, if you can only be active on one, that's, you know, that's the one, um, Instagram is pretty, pretty popular. Of course you want to choose a popular one, you know, it won't do you any right. good to be on MySpace right now, probably, but no. <laughs> choose, choose one of the more popular ones and then really try it. And then when, when the time shift, you, you do have to shift. So I, yep. you know, I, I don't know other than that, I, I would say, yeah, I would say not to be just a little bit on all of them. It's not going to be that useful. It'd be more impactful if you could be all in on one of them. Let's say you did want to devote, you know, 30 minutes every day to one of them, one platform, you know, instead of, you know, split it up between five. Well, and I'll add to that. Now there are services and actual software programs that will do it for you. Right. Right. You know, so you post on one, yeah. it automatically gets posted, you know, everywhere else. I haven't used that yet. Right. But I know I know YouTube and Facebook are connected because I think they're owned by I think Facebook now owns YouTube. I could be wrong there. Uh, I think Google I think, or Google, yeah, I think does. Google owns yeah, YouTube. Google is, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I know Facebook owns Instagram. So if you post on Instagram, you can share it to Facebook, Simon. Facebook. Like, you know, so, so you can get a little more mileage for your efforts there. Right. And then I think TikTok's the same way. You can post exactly. like three three or four spots or whatever, yep. you know. Yep. So exactly. Um and, and then I, I do like that, you know really be giving with information with, with happy tile guys websites. Now, before someone leaves, we have a little pop-up that says, would you like a free brochure on how to clean your tile? And, yep. you know, cleaning your tile is one of the major subjects for Google, for clients, for yep. anybody who has tile, right? How to clean a tile yep. shower or whatever. So we, yep. we give that information for just for an email address. Then yep. we have their email address. Then we could, you know, follow up and say, did you like that brochure? You know, would you like to, you know, do exactly. you have a project or whatever, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Now with all these different articles you've written, have you compiled them? Are they on your website? It's, it's your body of evidence, even the podcast, do you view it right. as your body of evidence that you are the professional? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know, nothing beats word of mouth or not word, not word of mouth, but listening to someone talk. Right. You know, you, you know, right away, whether they're feeding you a line of crap or whether they really know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, my, my dad always used to say, yeah, yeah I won't use the word, but I'll say you can't BS a BSer. Right. right. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can, you can, you can pick them out right away. Yeah. So with that and the articles, 
um, and everything else. It's, uh, you know, to me, it's extremely important for what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can't remember what your question was. Now I got well, lost when, my train. You All know, right. like when you talked about your podcast earlier, you said you really haven't. How long have you been doing your podcast, Fred? For about two years now. Couple we years? have yeah. it's like 100, 102 episodes, I think, last yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So when when it comes to things like the podcast or or a YouTube channel or the articles that have been published in magazines, you know, we could look at that. Well you know, that's in the past, you know, it's not really going to help me now. How is this going to help me now? How is this going to help me? You know, what I, what I like is you never know how it is going to impact you in the future. And Fred highlighted that very nicely with his kind of, you know, path, you know, looking back, but when we're talking to people and, and when we can, you know, organize all this on a, on your website in one cohesive place, and, and, you know, this can naturally come up. You could say things like, well, on my podcast, we discussed this subject, you know, when you're talking to potential clients, when, you know, you could say, oh, I wrote an article for fine home building. I mean, yep. when, when Fred can say, I wrote an article for fine home building or, you know, another publication, it, it kind of naturally, organically with a client just in passing. I mean, that is powerful right there. Wouldn't you th- yep. say so, Fred? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, you can also do a blog. I happen to have a blog. Yeah. And uh, you know, my, a lot of my articles are published uh, on the blog, but they're also searchable. You know, magazines like Stone World, Slippery Rock Gazette uh, all have, um, you know, archives. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've written... God, I can't remember uh, over a hundred articles for the Slippery Rock Gazette, and pretty much all of those are archived. So you can go in there and actually search them by subject. Mm. You can, you know, just go to Google. You know, you you can Google and and type in, you know, Fred Houston and whatever the subject is. You know, beginning stone fabrication or whatever, and an article will show up. Yeah. So you know, and uh, that that's what that SEO person will do for you. Right. You know, make sure make sure you get a good ranking on 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 the search engines. So yeah. you know, extremely important. So yeah, I mean, writing. I, you know, I, I hate to say this, and but I do want to say it, and that is, you know, wh- whenever you write something, and, and it's not true a hundred percent of the time, all of a sudden you're the authority, mm. you know, wh- whether you're writing a bunch of crap or not, you know, yeah. Oh, it's, I, I'm published. Right. You know, I think it means a lot less than it used to, but you know, when you were published, you were like, okay, you're the expert. Yeah. And, yeah. and even today, you know, when I get into a, a, a court case or a deposition and, you know, what kind of articles have you written, you know, and then they carefully look over all the articles and say, well, you haven't written any on the, you know, the effects of banana peels on ceramic tile, have you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, just stuff like that. So yeah. it, it, it becomes a credit to your name. So, you know, and, and I'll also say too, that even your hobbies can play a part in, in helping your business. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know a guy in Atlanta, a good friend of mine and a contractor, he got most of his business. And I mean, very large clients playing golf with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, it belonged to a local country club, played golf with all the, you know, the building owners and, and property managers in town. And he got most of his work playing golf yeah. once or twice a week. So, you know, whether it's golf, whether you hang glide, whether you, ride motorcycles it, yeah. it doesn't matter you know all those you know people in in trade and in, in similar trades you know if you're a tile setter and you don't do restoration work hook up with a local restoration guy hook up with a local fabricator mm-hmm. you know you're, you're if you're not competing with one another i mean you can throw business with you constantly you know Back and forth, uh, yeah. one one little tip when i had my restoration company is i had at the time there was two fabricators in the entire city of orlando 
show you how old I am. I think there's over a hundred now, yeah. but, uh, but there was two wow. and uh, I knew them both and uh, they would send me work and all of, you would notice that they would send a lot of work and then they wouldn't send work for a while. Then they would send a lot of work. Then they wouldn't send a lot of work for a while. And I was trying to figure out the pattern. And here's what I discovered. I got work every time I showed up at their shop immediately right. after. Right. So I, I learned to show up on a, on a regular basis, like a once a month basis, bring a box of donuts, you yeah. know, or, or yeah. something. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 you get telephone calls because now you're fresh in yeah. their mind. Yeah. So Today, you can do that sort of through social media. But if if I'm a tile contractor today, I'm going to visit all my non-competing you know, businesses out there, the tile shops. If you're, yeah. you're not selling tile, you know, visit the, the tile shops. Get to know those guys. You know, your tile supplier yeah. Yeah. You know, will we'll, we'll send people. So you know, if you're not doing that, that alone could get you more work than you can handle. It really could. I, I, yeah. I really like you know, that point about just showing up. Um, I, I yep. used to bring donuts to the local tile, you know, uh, showroom in, in San Luis Obispo. And I would do it. I noticed every Friday they had donut day and this was, you know, typical. And so I, I did it early in the week, like typically on a Monday or a Tuesday. And I would come in a little bit later that day. I mean, I would come in at nine, you know, after all the contractors left usually. Right. I mean, it really Good doesn't idea. matter what time, but try to right. try to be there when you know you're going to get a little face-to-face -face time. So not in a really busy time. That's why nine, nine thirty was a sweet spot between the lull of after the contractors had left. And, and then, you know, most shoppers start coming around 10, 1030. So I, I would get, you know, they, first of all, I would bring them the best donuts I could buy, you know, the best in the town, really right. revered, you know, really popular with everybody and fresh, you know, so it's a little investment, 15 bucks or whatever for a dozen donuts. And, and then you get some face to face time with the, with the store manager, you know, the design, the designers who work there yeah. Um, yeah, and what have you. And then like you saying, they're going to remember you that day there, they might refer you later that day. And if you hadn't came in, they, they might not remember you. They might, you know, so always be present top of mind. And then I, I did find it interesting, you know, you talking about these groups of people, whether they be into sports enthusiasts or earlier, you said a lawyer recommended me to another lawyer. And it's like, well, right. think of that, you know? So yep. what I would like to encourage the listeners to do is think about some of your best clients. Were they lawyers? Were they doctors? Were they uh, motorcycle enthusiasts, you know? And, and then yep. stay in touch with them. All it would take is a phone call every six months, uh, uh, email, a text message, you know, and just say, hey, I was, you know, thinking about your job and everything, everything cool. Do you need, you know, some more cleaner? Do you need this? Do you need that? Or I'm going to be in your neighborhood, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. Maybe, maybe something's new in your life. Maybe you just had a child. Oh, we're sending out a newsletter with, you know, look at this blessing yep. in our house, you know, whatever, find excuses to stay in front of your best clients. Don't, don't talk to the ones mm -hmm. who you didn't like. And, and don't, don't forget the other trades as well. Right. I mean, if you're working in somebody's home and there's a carpenter there, be friendly, you know, come yeah. over and get to know him. Hey, you know, anybody that does this kind of work or, or, you know, one thing I used to do all the time is, you know, do you have a card? Cause occasionally I run into somebody that needs carpentry work or, yeah. or plumbing work or, or, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, th those guys can send you a lot of work. I remember one, um, I, I forget if he was a carpenter or what, but he had a, he had like a huge album you know, and he was so excited to meet me. And he said, I need a new tile guy. And I said, what do you mean? And he, he brought out his book and he had all these trades that over the years he had collected cards. He's like, give me 20 cards. And he, he put them right there. It was like a baseball uh, album, but it was 
made for business cards and it could hold like 20 cards. And that alone left an impression. Then I took 20 of his cards that left an impression on me that he was excited about meeting me. And then when he started referring me, that left an even bigger impression. And I remembered him and then I, you know, guess what, what goes around comes around. So don't, you know, don't hesitate. We need to, you know, if somebody in, in your neighborhood or on social media needs an electrician, you want to know who the very best electrician is to refer because boom, right. all of a sudden, oh, you're the tile guy that referred the electrician that I fell in love with, you know, and all this little stuff does does add up. And, you know, to expand on that also, what I'm starting to see uh, a lot of contractors do is putting customer video referrals. Right. You know, right. hey, would you would you mind saying a few words about the work that we've done here today or, yeah. you know, this week or whatever? Yeah. And uh, and put that on your website, you know, put that on, on a YouTube, you know, put, put it on a promotional video. And uh, that goes a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. One minute, one minute little, you know, if you can do one of those a week, I mean, one a month even adds up. I mean, that's, that's a good one there, Fred. I'm I'm glad you remembered that one. I've seen that as well, but. uh, Yeah. And I've done that with my seminars. You know, I take the students at the end of the seminar and I say, you know, what did you think of the class? Very simple question. And, you know, just, just let them let them just off the cuff, you know, yeah. Some, uh, the, most of the time they're nervous, but you know, Hey, it's just you and I talking. It's like we are right now. Yeah. You know, just, you know, relax and uh, just say what you thought. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and then you could do that with your customers as well. There, there's just, there's hundreds and hundreds of ways, you know, to get, to get free publicity and free, free marketing, free advertising. Uh, one of the things, you know, the yellow pages today is probably not the best route to go, at least in, in, in my neighborhood. I mean, I don't even think we even get the yellow pages anymore. Right. Um, but, you know, things like piggybacking off of other companies. You know, when I was doing restoration work, I would piggyback off the fabricators. Fabricators taking out a quarter page ad. Why do I need to take it out? Because what's you know? Here's another great tip when it comes to marketing along this line too. Think like your customer. Mm. You know, we tend to think like business people. We tend to think like craftspeople. We don't think like our customer. Right. Okay, where would where would I go if I needed a new countertop or I needed new tile in my my bathroom? Mm. Well, uh, let's see. If uh, today I'm not going to go to the yellow pages because they probably pretty much don't exist, but I'm going to go to the internet or yeah. I'm going to call the guy that sold me the last tile or the, the tile shop, you know, going back to keeping up to date with, uh, 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 with these, these trades and non-competitive type, type, type businesses. Yeah. So, you know, really important to, uh, piggyback with other, with other, uh, ads. so they're, let that, let them do the advertising. Yeah. Let you them just spend. become the, you, you become their go-to guy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like so it a lot. Spending, spending other people's money to benefit you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Opium, other people's money. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. Well, Fred, that uh, we covered a lot of ground today. I think um, I think this has been a really powerful episode. Did we forget anything? Uh, well, there could be a bunch of things that, that, that I may have forgot, you know, email marketing. I don't think we talked about that. Uh, you briefly mentioned it, you know, keep, keeping an email list. And I think nowadays that's very important to not only get your customers, you know, I, yeah. obviously you'll have their address and phone number, but ask for their email as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I go one further and you also mentioned this, but I want to harp on a little bit more. What, what do they do and go to their website? Mm-hmm. You know, and and check check them out yeah. because that that could also work uh, as a piggyback too. So today's information technology, 
you can't hide. <laughs> you, you can be found somewhere. So how know. big is your email list? Uh, uh, it, it's pretty large, yeah. but I have I have it categorized as well. And do you, you know, have got, so how uh, what what tools do you use to categorize and, and kind of keep track of everything? I, I just basically uh, go to I use my Gmail, my you know my Google Gmail. I don't use I used to use Constant Contact, and I may go back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, I just basically have categories: attorneys. Tile contractors, uh, stone biz people, I named one and I just put them into one folder. And that way, when I go to send in an email, which I try not to do a lot, uh, I'll, I'll send it to that, to that group. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So you can just send it to a whole group. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what the limit is. Right. I mean, I'll usually send out three or 400 at a time and I've never been booted off. I know back in the old days, if you did that, they would consider that spam. But now, and this is something you might want to talk with the internet, a person about when you get someone's email list, they have to acknowledge that they're going to be on a list. Right. Yeah. Whether that's, right. you know, and you could put a little tagline in the bottom of your email. I'd like to put you on our newsletter uh, I'd like to put you on our mailing list, you know, that they opt into it. That way you've got, I'm um, not an attorney, but you've got the legal, you know. Yeah, and typically. You're typi- going to get people up. Good. I was going to say, was, give, them an, give them an option to opt out as well. Right. And occasionally you'll get people that, you know, take me off your list. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll get one or two of those like every, every month or so. Fine. No problem. Yeah. We'll take you off the list. Yeah. And I think if you do it in a way, though, like we're saying, that's informational and is is providing, you know, and I thought of several different, I, you know, I'm always attempting to, th- to continue to think about this. You could make it local, you know, maybe you have a small community, maybe you live yep. in, in an area where there's a lot of kids and, and you can report, maybe you have a family yourself, so you can report on some of the free things that are going on in your community that month. And it's just a monthly little email that way people open it if they, if they're interested in it and it gives them, and then if they're not interested in it, they just, you know, they have the option to delete it, but they see your company name, they see who it's from, you're staying top of mind. Um, and then if you use some of these tools, like some mailer tools, they do, you know, make sure that you're doing this legally with an option to opt out very easy with a, with a click of a button and and things of that. And one mistake I see a lot of contractors make, and that is they just put their name in their email. They mm. don't have a full a full signature. Right. You know, put your full signature in there. Put your yeah. company name. Put your if you have a website, put your website down. Put mm. put everything in that in that signature. And all the major, you know, uh, mail things do that. So you right. know, the, yeah. the, don't just put your name. Yeah. That, that just yeah. one of my pet peeves. I uh, I get, you know, can you send me a proposal? Yeah. And I go to look at the email and all there is, is their name. The company name's not there, you know, contact information or whatever. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but that, that's a mistake you don't want to make. For sure. For sure. Yep. Always provide them as much information as you can there yep. on, on the bottom of every email. All right, Fred. Well, really appreciate you taking your, your your time and sharing your experience and knowledge with the Tile Money mm-hmm. friends, Tile Money audience. And uh, where can people find you? Tell us what what your podcast is called. Uh, where sure. you hang out online? Sure. Just go to Google, like we talked about. Type in the Stone and Tile Show, and Stone and Tile Show will come up. It's they're all that like your podcast. They're all archived. I, I do them live on Wednesdays at, at 6 p.m. every every Wednesday Eastern time. Uh, also, my website is stoneforensics.com. Has all my training information and my company as to what I do from a consulting and, a, and an expert inspection services, uh, etc. And then I also have the uh, YouTube uh, channel, which is the Stone and Tile Video Blog. 
and my blog, I think I mentioned uh, my blog. God, I can't remember the name of my blog, <laughs> but it's, it's on my website. If you go to my website, Stone Forensic, there's a link right at the top to my blog where you can see a lot of my articles that I've written. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would recommend friends that you go to his website because it is, it is exceptional. It has a lot of information, which you want to have a lot of information, but the main page is, is fairly, um, simple and, and leads people to something. And that is his yep. phone number right up there. And, and then, um, he does mention everything he's doing, like the podcast, as well as, you know, his blog is on there, his projects, all this good stuff. So, um, I would check it out. It's a, it's a good, it's a good one. So you're, you're paying good money. Um, you're, you know, your money's going towards this to keep it quality, Fred, and it shows. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And I, th- I think you're doing a good job as well, Luke. So, you know, we're, we're both, I think you and I are probably the pioneers in this business when it comes to uh, comes to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know you had. Uh, we must have had the same, you know, thought around the same time. Yeah, exactly. I remember publishing mine and then you know searching around on the internet and I found yours and you had been doing it a little bit longer than I had. You know, I think we got, both got started, you know, uh, roughly two years ago. Um, right. And it was just really interesting the way it's developed. And it's been a pleasure, you know, getting to know you better, you know, through the, through not only the stone and tile world, but the podcasting world as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully once this pandemic's over, we'll get to meet in person again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it a lot. All right, Fred. Well, thanks for, right. thanks for being here. All right. Thank you, Luke. Talk to you later. All right, Tile friends. That was another great interview with Fred. I, it's always a pleasure talking to Fred. And uh, uh, again, you know, uh, thank you, Fred, for sharing your knowledge and, and being so open. Uh, all right, Tile friends. So that's it for me for this week. Until next week, stay profitable out there. Remember, if you need a website, you can do that. Uh, head over to happytileguy.com yeah, it, I, with my partner, Grant. We are making websites for tile contractors specifically. So head over to happytileguy.com if you are in need of a website. Until next week, stay profitable out there, tile friends. Mm-hmm.